Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life. And for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode, we are going to interview a podcaster and business consultant with a very unique specialty. But before we hear from him, we're going to hear from our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and JAK CPAs. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Many business owners planning a business transition feel overwhelmed and don't know where to begin. The CPAs at JAK, John A. Knutson & Company, can guide you to make sense of the numbers and tax pieces of your transition. Our firm was established over 90 years ago, and we have assisted many companies with ownership transitions. Leaving your business successfully takes time, so contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at jakcpa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Tim Reed, who is the host of Firetime Podcast and is a business consultant for owners of fireplace stores, a very niche market. Tim, welcome to Poised for Exit. Julie, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you too. It was super fun when I got to do your show. When was that? Gosh, I think it was... Back in January, it was a while ago. Yeah, wasn't it? I was thinking it, it. It's been it's been eight months. <laughs> I know, boy, time really flies. I was trying to remember when that was. It was really great, though. You're a great interviewer, and I'm just thrilled that you could be on my show. I know that there's. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, I know there's a lot um, of knowledge and wisdom that you have that you can share with us, especially with regard to the work that you do and your podcast show. I know that marketing is one of your specialties, so we're going to get into that in a second. But first, I'd just like to have you share a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get into this industry? Share with that. Sure. Well, you know, the fireplace industry is an extremely small, very niche industry. And I'd Mm -hmm. imagine that for a lot of your listeners, that they might find themselves in a business where it's like no one totally understands what this is like. Either my business is too unique, my Mm -hmm. industry is too niche. And, and that's, that's where I come from. And, and I, and I got into it the old fashioned way completely by accident. Mm. I was 18 years old playing guitar in a failing punk rock band. And my (laughs) future father-in-law called me up and needed help installing a wood stove. And, and for me, I had no idea what that was, but I needed money. 
and one thing led to another and and here I am today. So, you know, for for people that are listening that are in a, a niche industry or maybe their life went in a direction that wasn't planned and they ended up where they are, I think the amazing thing is that you know, there's beauty in that and you can absolutely make something of a of a space that you didn't set out to get into. Yes, you certainly can. I guess I could speak for myself, right, when I talk about that because I'm kind of in a niche within a niche. So exit planning is definitely, if you say niche or niche, doesn't matter to me how you pronounce the word. I tend to say niche, so that's just me. Um, but it definitely is a specialized industry. And I was specialized prior to that being a business consultant. Not very many people actually did the work that I do. And same for you. Um, so so you, you the first thing you did was you learned how to install a wood stove. And then how did your, your career take off from there? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It, it's just how life prepares you along the way. So I started mm -hmm. out doing installation work for fireplaces, which is very blue collar intensive labor. And I was pretty mediocre at it. Mm -hmm. And after a few years, I got hired into a sales role by a small family business in a, a city that I moved to. And the mentality was, hey, you did installations, so you're probably equipped to sell these. And I did that for a number of years. And uh, basically, I, I, I had a company kind of find me through happenstance and they invited me into an opportunity to manage a number of retail stores in the fireplace industry. And wow. so that's what I did for, for the years before I started my own business. And, and mm -hmm. so what was cool is by, by starting out as an installer, moving into sales, becoming a, a leader that managed multiple showrooms, I was able to see uh, niche specialty retail mm -hmm. from all the different levels that we had in our industry. And so that allowed me to jump into what, what eventually turned into my podcast and the speaking and consulting work that I do to try to help businesses um, from someone who understands exactly what they're going through. You definitely do. And, you know, I think that that's the magic sauce when it comes to being an effective consultant or advisor to business owners like you do and like I do, because we actually have a background in it. Like we've been there and we can yeah. empathize with them versus having it just be something that's theoretical. You yep. actually can relate. And I'm sure that that makes you a very effective advisor. So I know you do several things, right? You, you have clients that you advise that are in that space and, and then you is, is marketing your, your foot forward or tell me about that. Yeah, it's kind of all the above. So I, I believe that sales and marketing are intimately connected. Correct. And so a lot of the work that I do on the sales end is, you know, when I go into a company, it's like, let's forget about marketing for now. When it comes to your sales, you know, do we understand the exact problem that our customers have? And, and is part of our sales process giving them a path to a solution? As we start to do that in our direct sales process, that will start to inform our marketing. As we start to understand this is the problem our customers have or these are the problems our customers have, now we can start to put together marketing material that, that we can present ourselves as someone who's competent to help them solve the problem. So, yeah, it's all informed uh, starting out with, with sales and what the customer problem is and then our position of giving them a path to the solution that informs marketing that informs, you know, in the work that I do showroom design and layout follow-up process and everything from there. So when we're uh, looking at a client relationship that you have, say for instance, we can, you know, whenever story you want to tell, you don't have to share the names, but just take us through a little bit, like from when you first onboarded them and, and working with them, what does that look like? And what is it a fireplace store? Are they multiple owners or, Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah. So, so I do work with both manufacturers and then also small mom and pop businesses. Oh, great. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, most of it is within the fireplace industry. Mm-hmm. And in general, my, my heart is for small mom and pop retail. That's my background mm-hmm. and our industry is in a precarious spot where people are aging out. They're trying to figure out what their succession plan is mm-hmm. and they need help developing systems and processes and building a business bigger than themselves. And so what happens for me when I, when I, when I work with a client, um, I always work on a time limit. I don't do ongoing consulting um, ventures because number one, I'm busy, Mm -hmm. but because number two, I want us to be laser focused and not to be able to count on the fact that we have the next you know, year or two together. So usually what we'll do is we'll figure out the length of time that the project is going to be. And then the, the first thing that we do is, is we jump in and we start asking questions in the case of a fireplace business. I want to see the organizational chart of the company and see how do they divvy out responsibility? Mm-hmm. Do they have multiple people in charge of the same department? Because that's something that we need to change, right? There can only be one person that is ultimately responsible. Yes. So what we want to do is figure out in the company, how do we use the different pieces that are available? And then from there, we try to look at where's the biggest problem area. As we as we lay out the organizational chart and we see how tasks are divvied up, what the workflow of meetings is, it's going to be pretty apparent where the, the biggest fire is burning that's the most impactful to the rest of the business. And we're generally going to start there and then work our way out. Where the biggest fire is burning, no pun intended, right? <laughs> yes, right, yep. Yeah. So, gosh, this is just, um, it's so interesting that you work with, with this sp- specific industry. And when, you know, we could say that you're an authority, right, because of the work that you've done in the past and the work that you're doing now. So when, you, when we talk about positioning ourselves as an authority, which I think is very important in today's world, right? We, we live in a collaborative economy, which means that we need each other. We work with each other because so many people are specialized, which is why yeah. we have to collaborate. So like you and I, right? You're working with the owners to try to build enterprise yeah. value. I help them with transition and exit planning, and we complement each other. So that's what I mean by collaboration, but you still have to be an authority in the niche that you're in, which you are. So how do you help a business owner position themselves when they find themselves in that space that tends to be unique? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I think that it's really important if we want to be making an impact that we position ourselves as someone who can help others. And that means that we, we need to become an authority. So if, if I break my foot and I am trying to figure out who to help me, I don't call up my buddy down the road. I go to a doctor because the doctor is the authority. And so when we think about our businesses, especially if we're in a niche industry and, and it might seem like, well, why would I need to become an authority if, if, there's just what's the reason for it? Well, it's because we want to be relevant. And if we want to be relevant, the way to do that is by serving others. So I think the first thing is that we would need to decide, like, if, especially if I'm looking at exit planning down the road and I I want to build value in my business, I want to attract people to work for me, I want to attract a buyer, it would be very useful to become an authority in your field, in your industry, or even in your business. Sometimes this whole authority conversation has nothing to do with the industry at large. It's mm-hmm. even if I'm the owner of my company, am I an authority in my business? And that's a decision that we have to make. And from there, what we can do is we we figure out in the same way that we just talked about the heart of sales is identifying your customer's problem. We got to figure out, okay, who's the audience that I'm trying to build my authority with? Mm-hmm. What what are the problems that keep them up at night? And how can I position myself as an advisor to help solve those problems? That That's where it all starts. 
Right. And I love that thought about serving others first, because I think that when you're in the service business, right, that we should be delivering service. And the only yeah. way that a prospect can tell whether we're going to be a good advisor or not is by how we deliver service. And we can provide an example of that by providing value. So when we're talking about providing value as an authority, what does that look like for you in your work? I'll tell you a story, Julie. So about five years ago, I got asked to do really one of my first uh, speaking presentations where I had to talk about the state of our industry to a, mm. to a, a group in the state of Oregon where I live. And I gave the presentation, and very soon afterwards, I realized that people listening to me for one hour is not going to – it's just not going to move the needle right. in, in their company. Mm. But if if I could put together some thoughts in an ebook that gave them a, a play-by-play of what to look for for the next six months in their business, that had a better chance of helping them. Hmm. So I, I put together an ebook, and it was maybe you know 25 pages or so, and it's broken into six segments. It was called Roadmap for Success, and it was it was you know specific to the fireplace industry. And the goal was for someone to download it free of charge, and they would have some thoughts of mine and, and kind of a roadmap of of what to do to grow their business. And at the time I was doing it, I had so many people saying, well, Tim, your competitors could read this because I was a retailer. Like I wasn't a consultant. I was mm-hmm. running my own retail business. And and people say, you know, your competitors could could read this. And why are you giving your secrets away? Why are you wasting time doing this? And I just I just had this suspicion that that giving this knowledge away was the right thing. And two things happened. One, in writing that ebook, I actually found that I learned more in writing it than mm. I ever could have learned if I wouldn't have done that. Because it made me really think about the why. Why do I do this? Why does it work? Oh my mm. gosh, if I do this, then we can push into this next thing that I had never even thought of before. But number two, what it did is it started to grow an audience because someone could get this ebook, they would download it, I would get their email address, and now they're on my email list. And so when a new podcast episode comes out, I can write them and say, hey, we've got this new podcast episode where we're featuring Julie Keys to talk about how to position your business for a transition, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the way that it started was through the ebook. And that eventually led into you know a lot of other things. But the idea is we, we sometimes are afraid of putting ideas and best practices out there, thinking someone's going to take this from me. And the truth is that you could write a, a textbook of exactly how to fly an airplane, hand it to someone, and they're still going to have to learn how to do it. Doesn't like the the information itself is only part of it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's no one that has gone out of business because they had too many good ideas and too much knowledge that they shared with people and it ran them out of business. Yeah. Conversely, when you don't push yourself to think and create, you become stagnant and the industry leaves you behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really do have to have that circle of love too, right? That's what I call it. Like you got your ebook and you've got, you know, um, you're adding to your database, which, you know, uh, gets people to listen to your podcast, which generates leads. And and you're also, you're, you're providing really good content and really good information at the same time. And you're also highlighting other people on your show, just like I do on mine. Um, I think that that's a really great way to provide value to other people that can refer business to you as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like for my show, this this show is about you and your content. It isn't about what I do. Um, and, and I know your show is the same way, and I, I thought it was super fun doing the show. So tell me about your show and tell me about your reach and and how you have been able to reach such a good, such a niche audience, but yet such a good audience. Like you are their go-to. I know that. Let's talk sure, about that. yeah. 
you know, it's been amazing how it's worked out. So I think that the first thing is when we decide we have an audience that we want to serve, that's where it starts. Then we have to start providing content to prove our authority. And that content could be, again, it could be an ebook, it could be a podcast, it could be a pamphlet or resource, but you need to have something that gives people value that would make them say, hey, I want to give this person another chance to, to, to tell me something, right? And they could do that through subscribing to your email list or by you know, uh, writing in a question for your podcast or whatever it is. So I think that once we've, once we've done that, what, what we have to do is have a regular cadence of how we produce things. And this is where we're, we're on the hook to the audience that believes in us. So for me, what that looked like is we decided that we would put together a podcast. We do two seasons a year and each season runs weekly and it's 12 to 18 episodes. So we don't do a podcast every week. We've chosen the season model at this point in time. Well, that's interesting. And so, yeah, the, the, what, what it's done for me is it's allowed me to be really in, intentional because our it's funny when, when I have a really high profile guest on my podcast in our industry, most people don't care. They're way more interested in listening to something very practical about like, how do I manage my inbox or, Mm. you know, how do I, how do I plan for exit versus some high profile, you know, author or speaker, because our industry again is very niche and people are very interested in, Mm. in, in the problems that they have, not how big the name is of the guests that I'm having on the show. And so what, what that's kind of taught me is that it's really about quality over quantity. So because my, my authority is so niche, my goal is not to be the biggest podcast in the world or have national reach or have the most people on my email list. Instead, we have about 3,000 hearth retailers in, in the North America in our industry. And my goal is of those 3,000, how many of them can I be serving, right? Because those are the mm-hmm. ones that are going to be paying attention to me. So it's interesting when you start to think about it that way of I'm not trying to reach the masses. I'm trying to reach the niche, the exactly. tribe, as Seth Godin as Seth Godin would say. Yes. Uh, what happens what happens though is we as we commit to putting out regular content at the beginning, right? We've got this niche podcast for the fireplace industry, no one cares about it. So we have one episode, then two episodes, then three, then four. And at the beginning it's this tiny little thing. But eventually as you start producing content and I don't care how many people are consuming it, eventually it snowballs and you start to get a library effect. Where all of a sudden someone looks at you and it's like, "Wait a minute, they've got four ebooks and they've got 50 podcast episodes that are going through, you know, pick what you're talking about, sales process or exit planning or whatever. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden there's a library effect where the work speaks for itself and you become an authority. Mm. I like to call it thought leader too, right? I sure. mean, when you talk about someone being an authority, that generally means that they're a thought leader. And if they're a thought leader, then that means that they have followers, which is what, yep. you know, our goal is, right? Is to acquire followers. Um, yeah, providing and, and, good content and providing value. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll, I'll tell you, Julie, that's amazing is as, as your audience is listening to this, they may be thinking like, I don't know if I need to do this. I don't know if my business needs it. What I found by by being gracious and generous with putting content out there, it's amazing how that attracts opportunities to you. So, for instance, I, I'm thinking about two years ago, right before I left my job, we had a situation where we needed a salesperson, and we had somebody fly and move across the country because they've been listening to my podcast for a long time and they Mm -hmm. wanted a chance to work in that environment. And so you never know how it's going to play out, but by challenging yourself to graciously serve an audience that needs help, it it, it is unbelievable how that ends up benefiting you inadvertently. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about that. I like to ask my clients once in a while if they can share a quick story about a client that they took from mess to success. 
So if you had a client that you recently worked with that you who really needed your help and you came in and saved the day, what happened? Yeah, well, so I'll say this. So about a year ago, me and one of my business partners, we went out to Kentucky and we were working with a business that was a service-based business where mm-hmm. most of the work that they did it was chimney sweeping and they would be going into people's homes and sweeping chimneys. They'd been messing around with the model of having a retail showroom and a sales team, but they were trying to figure out exactly how to build it. So what was so cool is they brought in me and my business partner for three days. We call it a blitz trip, and we, you know, we overhauled the showroom. We talked about warehouse organization, inventory levels, sales process, and we we gave them kind of a manifesto afterwards of how we would approach running the business for the next couple of years. Mm. And then after that, what happened is they hired me as a remote sales manager for mm. about four months. Mm. So for four months, I, I had their sales team and I had access to their CRM system. And every week we'd have our weekly meetings, we would do sales practice. And what's unbelievable now is that over the last year, they have transitioned into a new showroom that the design is, I mean, it is out of this world. It's one mm. of the best design showrooms I've ever seen in my life. They mm. have salespeople that, that are in the rhythm of managing their book of business. So literally every week they send a report into their sales manager saying, hey, here's my backlog of how much I've sold for the month. This is how much we are planning on invoicing out this month versus next month. I've written up you know, these many new opportunities in the last 30 days. Here's how many customers I'm following up with. This is my goal for the upcoming week. And here's how I did on my goal the previous week. And, 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 and again, while, while the team is not perfect and and they're still, you know, continuing to work harder and harder towards that goal, Mm. seeing the fact that they have actually made the leap to this premier showroom and a sales team that understands how to run a book of business and where they are accountable to their manager or to their leader, where they're actually on a regular basis saying, here's what I've delivered. This is what you can expect of me. Here's where I need help. And this is how I'm doing on my goals. Uh, It's unbelievable to see. And and I give them all the credit. They, They needed help with the framework and I can help with that, but they executed. And honestly, executing is everything. Right. It's not, I mean, the framework is important, but that's a one-time thing. It's the execution week in and week out. And that's what they've done with excellence. But they definitely couldn't have executed without you being there. And you definitely made a huge impact on the growth of that business. So I'm sure that they are thanking you every single day. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. So we've reached the time of the show where we have to wrap up. And I do like to ask, especially people like you who are already advisors to business owners, do you have just one or two uh, action items or takeaways that you could recommend for our listeners? Oh, you bet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Takeaway number one is if you want to make yourself relevant in your company or your industry, you need to identify who are the people that I am trying to impact? This could be, if, let's just take this really micro. Let's mm-hmm. say in your company as an owner or a manager, you don't feel respected. You don't feel like you're an authority in your own company. Okay, so who are the people that you want to impact? That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is what is the problem that they're dealing with? And I'm going to give you a number three, even though you didn't ask for it. Number three is what could I give them to uniquely help them solve it? So if you can do those things, who are the people I want to serve? What is the problem that they have? And how can I help them solve it? You will start to make yourself an authority. And I'm telling you, a community will build around that. Awesome. I love that. Tim, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Um, Great wisdom, great tips. We'll have to do it again for sure. 
For those of you out there who are listening, you can find this and all other episodes with Poised for Exit on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com. And you can reach Tim at itsfiretime.com. That's itsfiretime.com. You can listen to his podcast show. And again, we will also have that information and his contact information in the show notes. Thanks, everyone, for listening and join us again next time.